All right, question. Who is the most popular? Uh, who, if, if someone's asking, who is the most popular person, or some would say like the greatest person that, that you've ever met? Um, so I was talking with a brother about a week and a half ago, and, and uh, he was telling me that when he was a kid, he was, on, he was at Catalina Island down south, and him and his friend were walking, I think, in the town at that area. In, in that, there's one town there, right? What? Avalon? Okay. I've never been there, but I want, I want to get there. Uh, but he was walking down there with his friend, and uh, he saw a, a kind of a tall gentleman uh, walking towards him, and he knew exactly who it was. And uh, It was uh, John Wayne, the Duke. And uh, he walked by him, and he kind of nodded at him and uh, kind of recognized him, but... Uh, I thought that that that's be, that would be cool to see see John Wayne. But um, one time when I was a kid, my uh, my grandmother took uh, us grandkids up to um, Jamestown, and uh, they were filming Little House on the Prairie up there. And I met Charles Ingalls, which is, I have his name down here. I I didn't know it. Michael Landon. Okay, I met him, shook his hand. I thought as a little kid that that was pretty cool. But probably the most popular person or uh, person that I've ever met was um, was the Iceman Chuck Liddell. Okay, <laughs> and this was before he was he went big. He's, he is the UFC champion, was the UFC champion. And Sonia and I were down in San Luis Obispo. We were on vacation, and we went to the sandwich shop down there, and we're, uh, we're just having lunch. And here comes this guy walking in like a bulldog, and he's got this you know he's got that short mohawk and that uh, handlebar mustache, and he was walking in, he's got his posse with him, and I'm going, and this was before he, was really, he really got popular, and I was like, man, that guy looks so familiar. And so uh, he sat down, and after we were done, I walked up to him, I said, hey, you, are, do you uh, fight? Are you the UFC fighter? And he was all, yeah, my name's Chuck Liddell. And he was the, he's the nicest dude, and, uh, but that was probably, probably the, uh, most popular person that I, I've ever met. I've, I, bet, I bet there'd be some great stories out here today, people that you've met. So look at this. Uh, um, I share this with you because if we were to ask Jesus who, who's the greatest person, again, not the most popular, but the greatest person ever to live, if, if we were to ask Jesus that, in fact, we, he, he told us this in Scripture. In Luke chapter... Um, 7, verse 28. This is what Jesus said. He says, I tell you, of all who have ever lived, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. And he's talking about John the Baptist there. He's talking about his cousin John. He says, yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. I mean, that, think about that for a second. Jesus said, okay, who's the greatest? Who's the, I think the NIV says, someone who's been, uh, those who've been born of a woman, who is the greatest? And, and Jesus says, John the Baptist. And so what we're going to do today is I want to have these thoughts, uh, three thoughts. We're going to look at three things. Why I think that, that Jesus, or excuse me, that John was great in Jesus' eyes. What was it about him? That's, that's quite the statement. And, I, and as we look at his life here today, a part of his life, as we look at it, there's some things that we can glean uh, uh, from, 
uh, from John. But real quick, I just want to do a quick snapshot of John the Baptist and some interesting facts about him. He's six months older than his uh, second cousin Jesus. He took the vow of a Nazarite, meaning this, that he was going to, he separated himself. He dedicated himself and separated himself uh, for the, the service of, to God. He, 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 to be, he was to be set apart from others for the service of God. The obligation was either for life or for a defined time. He was bound to abstain from wine grapes. With every production of the vine and from every kind of intoxicating drink, he was forbidden to cut his hair, uh, uh, cut the hair of his head. And I even was doing a little more research. I I, I believe his hair is, is the hair on his head and his beard. I think was he wasn't allowed to. So that's that's scrappy guy right there. <laughs> we call him the Baptist, right? But could he? Could he walk into a Baptist church today? <laughs> I, I was just thinking about that week. I know that wasn't. Uh, sorry. This is where my mind's going. <laughs> uh, so he was forbidden to cut his, the hair of his head or to approach any dead body, even that of his uh, nearest relation. His garments were that of camel hair. The dress was probably deliberate, uh, adopted by the Baptist as reviving the outward appearance of Elijah. He ate locusts and wild honey. Uh, locusts were among the articles of food permitted by the law and were and are still used by the poor in Palestine and Syria. So John the Baptist was truly a unique man who lived simply and very much devoted to God. And so, again, here's what I, I want to do today. I want to look at his life, especially as we get in here to the Scripture uh, for those of you who are, are, are visiting, we started a new uh, sermon series, or really a journey through the Gospel of John, the good news according to John. And we're going to be in this thing for about uh, nine months. We're going all the way to Easter 2024. And we're going to go verse by verse. And last week, man, the opener, just powerful. And I, I really encourage you to read that. Uh, last week we went through John uh, ch- uh, chapter 1, 1 through 14, and it's all about Jesus being God and, and supreme being of the universe. And I, I just, I really encourage you to check that out. And, and so today we go from uh, Jesus, God becoming man, ma- making, his, uh, d- making his dwelling among us today to Jesus' cousin, John. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 1. We're going to see verses 6, look at 6 through 8, and then 19 through 29. <clears throat> John 1, 6 through 8. For God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Pick up in verse 19. This was John's testimony. Again, uh, John the Baptist. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from uh, uh, Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well, then who are you? They asked, are you Elijah? 
No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or a prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Today, I want to just look, I have three thoughts why I think John the Baptist was, was great in Jesus' eyes. A lot, three, many things that we can glean from, from John, but I have, just, I have three thoughts. Three things that we can glean, we're going to glean, we can glean from the Baptist. So here's number one. What made John the Baptist, Baptist great? What was it that Jesus said, he's, he's the greatest of all those born. He's the greatest. I think, what I think what made John great and something that we can glean from John is this, that John the Baptist lived and walked in humility before God. He was humble. Uh, he, he walked in humility. The Bible describes humility as this, meekness, lowliness. And I like this one. This one popped this week for me, the absence of self. And John, one thing that John the Baptist, what I saw, what I, as, I, as I studied this week, what I think made John great was his humility. That he walked in humility before God. That he always put, he always directed everything back to Jesus, back to God. Look at verses 19 and 23. This is what John's, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants, assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and said, I'm not the Messiah. Well, then who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we're expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? They're asking, they're asking hey, John, who, who are you? And then you even have the Pharisees, the religious leaders. Now, my take on the religious leaders, I, I, you know, as you read the Gospels and you look at the religious leaders, to me, they seemed a little arrogant. They, they seem these, that kind of that elitist, high and mighty attitude. And they're always challenging Jesus and Jesus would just school them. But they're, they're right here challenging John the Baptist. It's not looking like what they want. But, and so they, you know, they're going to they're gonna question, which I, I get, you know, they're going to follow Scripture or whatever. They're going to question. But to me, these Pharisees just seemed a little, they didn't seem humble. They didn't seem humble to me. They seemed arrogant. And here's the thing. If anyone had something to say here, John did. He had quite the resume. And I, I think sometimes I, I would have loved it. I mean, this is the flesh, the, the flesh part of me here. The, the old man would see like, John, give it to him here. Tell them, put them in their spot. 
<laughs> Look at this. Here's what, here's what he could have said. Check that, this out. For starters, he could have said, you want to you know who I am? You, got, you really want to know who I am? Let me, right out the gate, he could have said this. The Savior of the world is my second cousin. He could have said that. He could have said this. 700 years ago, the great prophet Isaiah spoke of my ministry. That's Isaiah. The reference there is Isaiah 40, verse 3. That's, that's pretty awesome. He, said, he could have said this. You, you want to know who I am? The mighty angel Gabriel who stands in the very presence of God announced my birth. You want to know who I am? I was filled with the Holy Spirit in my mother's womb. You want to know who I am? Look around. Look at my ministry. It's booming. People are coming from all from Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Judea, all parts to hear, hear me preach. He could have said that. That's true. You want to know who I am? I've made the wilderness my home. I live on a strict paleo diet. <laughs> and you guys went last a week out here in the wilderness. <laughs> he could have said that. He really could have. But here's the thing. He didn't go there. Because he, walks, he walked in humility. And it wasn't about John. He knew this. It's not about him. It's about Jesus. Instead of fighting, fighting with those religious elites, he's like, hey, let's, let's point to Jesus. Point to Jesus. You know, as, as, you know, when it comes to humility, I, I think in a culture right now, how do you live a life? How do you walk a, a life of humility in a culture that celebrates pride and arrogance like our culture does? I think at the basic level, the starting point is this, is to go in exactly how John the Baptist did it. He must increase, I must decrease. He's God, I'm not. That's the starting, that's the starting point. But he's a, he was a man of humility. Uh, and and um, he said this in, in verse 23, John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. So he's directing it all back to Jesus. Clear the way for the Lord. He's saying, I'm just a voice. I'm just a voice. Verse 26 and 27, then John, John told them, I, I baptize you with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. Did a little dig, I research on that. The, 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 when it came to the slaves in the household, the lowest slave, that was the job. And John's saying, I'm not even worthy to do that. That's, that's humility. And then John, when, when told by his disciples that Jesus was baptizing as well, responded by saying, John 3.30, He must become greater and I must become less. My point is this, that one of the things that, that made John great is that he was, a, he was a man who walked in humility. And as we walk in humility, because right, all, thing, all things good come from God. And so as we walk in, in, our, in our day, that we are just like, okay, maybe you know, we just deflect back to God. Deflect. Walk in humility before our God. So again, we're looking at this question, what made John the Baptist great? I, I believe he was humble. The second one is this, John the Baptist knew his calling. 
He knew his calling. He knew his job and walked in obedience to that calling. John uh, chapter 1, 6-8, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Verse 22 and 23 says this, Then, you, then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Here's the thing. I think another thing that made John great and another thing that we can all glean from him, John knew his job. John knew what he was supposed to do. And that what he was supposed to do is what we've already been talking about. He was to point people to Jesus. Guess what, church? That's your job too. Just like John the Baptist, that's your my job. It's not meant just for the, the paid people, uh, not for the staff of the church. It, that is, it's for all of us. Our, we're called to point people to Jesus. Look what Paul says about you. He says this, so we are Christ's ambassador. You're an ambassador. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So just like, just like the Baptist, we have a calling too. And our calling is to point people to Jesus. Well, you might be here and you're like, hey, hey, no way. I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to say. And you know what I'm going to say to you? Do it anyway. Do it anyway. i got to share this. The first person I ever led to the Lord, I had no clue what I was doing. I was probably six months old in the Lord. I was at... I was, uh, I was at Cal Poly, I was running on the cross country and track team, and, and uh, some of our workouts, what we would do is we would go and uh, we'd run these, you know, six to ten mile uh, uh, workout days, and we'd be running out there in the San Luis Obispo Hills, and one, uh, there was a buddy of mine, Eric Axdale, we called him Axman, and Ax and I would just, we would be just cruising along, and I was so I was brand new in the Lord. There was a lot of excitement. And so when we got talking, I would share Jesus. I'd just say, you know, I'd just tell him about what God was doing in my life. I got this new life forgiven. And uh, so we're we're running along and and I just flat out asked him, I said, I said, Axe, would you ever like to ask Jesus Christ to, to be your Lord and Savior? And there was this quiet lull. <laughs> Thank goodness we were running, because it would have been really odd, uh, awkward uh, if we weren't We were running, and he turns and he says, you know what? I'd like to do that. I'd like to receive the Lord. Then I got quiet. <laughs> and, and it was like, okay, oh, no, what do you do now? What, what do you do now? And I said, oh, so I, I told him, I said, all right, X, tomorrow, after practice, Meet me up at the tennis courts, okay? Right after practice, he says, all right, I'll do it. So I, I'm flying home, dude. I'm, 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 I'm breaking records because I'm so fired up and scared at the same time. I get home, and I asked one of my roommates who was a little older in the Lord. I said, his name was Eric. I said, Eric, hey, Axe Man wants to give his life to the Lord. I have no idea. What do I do? And he handed me a booklet, The Four Spiritual Laws, Okay? So I, I, I'm going through that booklet, 
The next day after practice, I go up to the tennis courts and I'm all, I'm just nervous. Like, is he going to show up? Is he going to show up? He shows up. And so Axe and I are going through the four spiritual laws. Now I studied and I'm a, I'll admit, I'm a slow learner. Okay. So I'm taking him through the four spiritual laws and I'm learning it as we're going through it too. I'm finally getting it. And so I take him through the four spiritual laws. At the end, there's a prayer. He prays that prayer. And I pray it with him. And Acts come, you know, gave his life to the Lord. He's still a believer today. <laughs> and I just share that because look, look, we God has called us. God has called us to point people to Jesus. That's our, that's our calling. And I'll tell you what, here's a promise. Check out this promise. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says this. Here's our call. Go, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And look at this. Here's a promise. And be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I would say this. If you're feeling like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, uh, download the four spiritual laws. I'm going to show, a tool, show you a tool here that's really good. But I would say this, go, go, and let them, let them see your life. God will give you the words. God will give you the words. Here's a tool that I think is good. It's called the three circles. We went through, we had a class here a number of months ago. But this, you can download this on, on your phone, the three circles app. And that will walk you right through if you're, uh, how to lead someone to the Lord. Great tool. Check that out. So here's the thing, I, I think one of the things that made John the Baptist great is that he knew his calling, and his calling was to point people to Jesus, it's our calling too. And then lastly, number three, John the Baptist, uh, what made him great, John the Baptist knew who Jesus really was. He knew who Jesus really was, verses 28 and 29. This encounter took place in Bethany in an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Have you ever thought, I just thought about this? This is, I just picked up on this this week. But when everybody else missed Jesus, John dials it in early on. He figured it out. I mean, the, the bottom line is the, the, uh, nation, the, Israel, uh, the nation of Israel rejected Jesus. Um, the, the Pharisees and religious leaders, they, they, they were jealous of him, and they even thought that he was like the leader of, uh, of demons. And then the, even the, the disciples, it took a while for the disciples to figure it out. But John figured it out. Right from the get-go. Um, and here's where I want to go, how I want to like to glean from that is this, is that just like John the Baptist knew Jesus is, we need to know who Jesus really is. And the best way to do that is to be in this right here. To be in the Word. Look, I think there's a lot of... Uh, um, feelings and experiences are, are good. But you can't, you can't rely on those, just that. I love, the, 
I, I love experiencing God. There, it, when you're talking about a relationship with God, there are feelings, there are experiences. You know, when you, when you spend time in God's presence, in His presence, there's fullness of joy. And I love the, the sense His presence. And I love the experiences of camp and, and, and retreats and conferences. But you can't just rest on that. You've got to dive into God's Word and know, know God's Word. Amen? You've got to know it. Because when the trials come, when the testings come, you're going to need the Word. You're going to need the truth. Because the lies are thick. The lies can be thick. And, um, and the only way to fight the, those lies is the, the Word of God. Jesus gives, us a, gives a perfect example of this. Remember when He was in the wilderness? And He fasted 40 days and 40 nights? And then the enemy came, the devil came and tempted him. What did he do? He just, he, he said, he, he fought back by saying, so the lie would come, the devil would bring this kind of little bit of truth, but it was a lie. Bottom line, it was a lie. It was coming in, and Jesus said, it is written. It is written. we got to be in the Word. Romans 12.2 says this, do, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what, what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. When the hard times and the days of testing come, we're going to need more than feelings and experiences. We're going to need the Word of God. It's our North Star and compass. Here's my point on this one. My point is to, to be great like John the Baptist, we need to know who Jesus really is. And the best way to know who Jesus really is is to be in, in His Word. Three thoughts why I think John the Baptist was great in Jesus' eyes. Three things that we can glean from the Baptist. John the Baptist lived and walked in humility before God. John the Baptist knew his calling, his job, and walked in obedience to that calling. And then... John the Baptist knew who Jesus really was. Let's pray.